Hello, Buju, and welcome to Under the Same Stars podcast. I'm your host, Zhongwei Benisekwe, and on today's episode, I'm very excited to have Brenda McIntyre, medicine songwoman, as my guest. And uh, Brenda is a Toronto-based Juno award-winning First Nations singer who helps women find their voices. And uh, in today's episode, she shares so much, um, but really she speaks to the medicine of grief and speaking your truth. And uh, she also speaks to her 2019 album called Picking Up the Pieces that was powered by the grief from losing her son, Quinn, to gun violence in 2016. And this album is really beautiful. It features a blend of funky roots, reggae fusion, and indigenous hand drum singing that helps people feel love, connection, and joy, even alongside their grief, pain, and trauma. And uh, her latest single is so, so beautiful. It's called Together We Can Stand Up, and it really is like an anthem for hope for 2021 and um, I'm so excited because uh, Brenda has given us permission to play the song at the end of the show so stay tuned for that and uh, let's take a listen to the episode please enjoy Welcome to Under the Same Stars podcast. I'm your host, Zhongwei Benisekwe, and I'm really excited because I have Brenda McIntyre here, who is Medicine Song Woman. So welcome to the podcast. Bonjour. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited for you to be here. So before we get started and before you introduce yourself, I like to start my podcast by asking guests, what does Under the Same Stars mean to you? I love that. Um it just reminds me of looking up at the stars when I was a little kid because I where I lived it was really great to be able to do that now I don't see so many stars in Toronto <laughs> but I, I I just we come from the stars and it's like it's it's like they're reflecting back to us who we are and there's just that connection that we all have because of that that we are just all connected to each other yeah Thank you so much. I love the reflection of ourselves. Like that's, that's medicine I'm going to meditate on, I think later, because yeah, the stars are so important to me. And I think during COVID, it's been really difficult because I've been inside a lot, right? And when it's cold or whatever, and I don't go outside, I find I'm very disconnected. So this morning, I actually did a bit of shoveling here in Thunder Bay. We had got a little bit of snow and uh, I just sat outside after like, and I was just like soaking up the sun and going, why don't I come outside more? Like, no wonder I was so cranky, like <laughs> <laughs> just need to get grounded. Right. And, and like remembering that we're part of like creation and we, we are like, you know, so sacred and it's we're more than just I mean it's beautiful to have technology and to be able to you know connect with people but to know that we are connected to mother earth and like the seasons and you know I have all these plants in my house and I'm like they just keep growing like they don't care about COVID like they don't (laughs) you know they're just doing their thing and like yeah just I don't know so thank you for that it's beautiful so um on that note well why don't you share a little bit about yourself um Um I am Brenda McIntyre is my I mean I could go into the whole name story. When I graduated, it was really funny because I was adopted at birth in Calgary, raised in BC, Kamloops, and then we moved to Vernon where I graduated. And my my graduation, my BA, <laughs> I'm talking about my BA in York University. 
um, in Toronto, my BA has all my names on it. And I can't even, how did I do it? Brenda, Marie, Lisa, Joanne, McCulloch, McIntyre. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. <laughs> all of my name, And then there's the spirit name, which I didn't have at that point, but yeah. <laughs> that Beautiful. Is yeah. So, um, I have all these names, um, you know, and yeah, I was adopted at birth and, um, I was born in Calgary, but I don't really have connection to that land for some reason. And when I moved to Kamloops, I was like, oh, I'm home. So home. Mm-hmm. So I always mention that it's like I'm there from there, even though I'm I'm not. But it's my land. It, it is my land. I feel so home there. I miss the sagebrush in the mountains. Mm, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. When you were talking earlier about going outside, I'm like, ah, oh. I used to go outside and just climb the hill. But uh, here in Toronto, I'm like, I better get outside more because same, I'm like so stuck inside. <laughs> and you're right, it disconnects us. Like I can look out the windows and I can, I can see the trees and whatever. It's not the same as being outside. No, and like it's hmm. so grounding. And I've been trying to be more intentional and giving myself the gift of going outside and, and changing the way I look at things. Right. And, and the way I even phrase them, right. Like, Oh, I'm stuck at home. And I'm like, well, actually I'm safe at home. And I'm actually really grateful to have a home and I'm grateful to have the internet to connect with people. And, but I'm also grateful to be able to step outside and put my feet on the ground and yeah. And um, we, we sort of have a bit of connection of, of living sort of out West and also living here. So, you know, I've been thinking about that lately when I used to live in BC and going like, man, I like just miss the winter out there too. You know, like um, I really love the rain. I love like, and I think growing up there, that's maybe why I appreciate it so much. And it reminds me of there, but I also, you know, as much as I, you know, don't care for like the cold. I love the snow. I love to shovel. I love feeling how strong my body can be and, and remembering those things. And uh, I think I might've shared this before, but I remember I was like having a really like cranky morning and there was like a big snowstorm. Of course, it's always snow. And uh, I remember I was going outside and I was like, ah, like all mad. And I grabbed the shovel and I was like, oh, it must be nice like to have a snowblower. And I was like looking around at the neighbors and I was like, you know, being really crusty and uh, which is like the snow. Right. And so I'm like, <laughs> and then I just burst into tears and I was like, thank you, creator, for my strong arms. Like, you know, thank you for, you know, the ability for me to be outside for my legs, you know, for my breath, for like all of these things and going holy man like it just it just really reminds you that it's like i don't know just very grounding i guess oh my goodness (laughs) yeah yeah, for sure i mean i like just i don't even know maybe like six years five years ago or something that i i actually like really really looked at the snow that was falling on my jacket and i was just like i think i had tears i was just like that's so beautiful and incredible. And I'd see different shapes and all that. I'm like, why did I never do this before? Did I do this as a child? I don't even remember. But, and we had lots of snow where I grew up and we didn't, never mind the rain. We had, we had good thunderstorms though. And I lived mm. in just above the valley. So you could see all the amazing thunderstorms. Beautiful. But I, um, yeah, where we grew up, there was tons of snow, but it was really mild still. Mm. Not like freezing cold in Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that bad now. I shouldn't, it's not that bad, but uh, yeah, I, I, I actually love that. I love the snow and 
because I had learned some things about Dr. Emoto and I had opened for him like in 2005 and, and just the work that he was doing that highlighted what we, what I also learned in full moon circles and full moon ceremonies with um, mostly with Joanne Dallaire when I used to go to those uh, at Native Women's Resource Center in Toronto and we, we would sit and have our water with us and, and, and we make our moon water, you know, we sit and we sing into that water and we sing, we're doing ceremony, we're sharing stories, we're laughing and that's all going into the water. And it was just so powerful to have that. And then when I see these snowflakes, it's just the same thing. It's like, oh, what if I just burst a bunch of love into the atmosphere, into the snow, like just mm. the snow right now. So when I see it falling now, that's more where I go. It's yeah, I love it. <laughs> And like, I don't know, like, I mean, it seems really simple, but like, I just really made that connection that like the snow is water. Like, I know that I know that, <laughs> but like when you said that and you were like, I was seeing the snowflakes and going, those are drops of water. Like water is life. And like our snow is, and I, and I was, I was thinking about that and right away I could picture like a raven taking a bite of snow. Like I've been seeing them outside and just going, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's how they drink in the winter. Like, I guess, I don't know. Like, <laughs> but um, it's funny that I had never really made that connection. Like, I know that I know that, like, obviously, but, um, but then looking at snow a different way, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And you said like every little snowflake you look at just how beautiful the the design and the the beauty in it and, how it just knows to do that, just like our bodies just know how to do the things we do. And um, and so you shared a little bit about your drumming. And so, you know, I was hoping we could talk today about your work and how you help women find their voices and maybe how that how your journey started in that and how you found your voice. Yeah, I would love to share about that. Um, yeah, because I mean, I, I had to find my voice in just all kinds of different ways. And I'm still finding my voice. Like my, my thoughts on that are that we're all on that finding our voice journey, like just all of, as long as we're here, <laughs> there's always some way we can find our voice and, you know, that we haven't yet um, or on another level of where we already have. And so um, for me, like I grew up really painfully shy and introverted and bullied and I didn't feel like I had a voice. I felt like nobody could hear me. And, and in fact, nobody could hear me. A lot of the time, nobody could hear me. And I was very quiet. And, you know, and so I, I always felt kind of ignored and sort of outside of everything and outside of everybody. And, um, and, and what happened when I was 17 was I got on stage. <laughs> I had um, surrounded myself, I'm sure not mistakenly, with nothing but musician friends. <laughs> mm, I love it. And, you know, I had been like basement singing. I won't say closet because it's seriously, I, I was in my basement singing. <laughs> Nobody would hear me because I was too embarrassed and figured I would sound terrible. I just didn't feel, I didn't think very much of myself. I had very low self-esteem. And when I, when I got on stage the first time, it was because my best friend, who Lisa in Vernon, now, and actually she's back in Vernon, she was in Lumbee when I met her. <laughs> and, you know, she, we, we would hang out and go horseback riding in the mountains every weekend and party. <laughs> mm. And by party, I mean, basically go to our friends' shows. So basically, yes. like, you know, and, and yeah. So this one time they, my friend was in the band um, on stage and 
so she's like motioning for me to get up there with her. And she had already kind of hinted at, you know, and you could do this. And she was trying to encourage me. And, and there's this hot, like, I think he was playing bass. He's playing <laughs> sort of guitar. I can't even, I was so nervous though. And I'm, I'm like, but I could be up there with right, like right next to him. Right. Yep. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, I was like 17. So I, I, I get up there and, you know, and I was shaking like a leaf. I couldn't even read the lyrics. It was so bad. I literally could not read the lyrics. So luckily I did remember them <laughs> and, uh, and started singing um, and sang a couple of covers like a, a journey song. And uh, um, what was the other one? A Fleetwood Mac song. Don't, don't stop thinking about tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. So, so fun. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, you know what, like for the first time in my life, I saw people were listening to me that was the magic for me. I was like, what people are, wow, they're, they're listening. And so, um, and then afterwards, you know, oh, I didn't know you could sing and all because yeah, cause I hid it from everybody very much on yes. purpose. But so after that, I was like, I can't go back. Like I have to continue doing this. So it became, and I knew like at the age of 11, I was to be a singer. That was, that was a given. I just knew that was my destiny. That was who I am. And, um, and so, yeah, that day was when I really stepped into those shoes <laughs> and started to do it, you know, at this little tiny bar in, in this village called Lumbee <laughs> mm. <laughs> on Halloween, I think it was, I, I remember I was in a cat suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, and then I never turned back, you know, and I love the stage I've grown, even though I was terrified for a while, like I was, it was still not easy for a while, but, um, but I found my voice because I was so driven with passion to do it because I knew that was who I am. And I knew that I wanted to, to share my voice that way. So I just started singing, you know, pop songs and whatever at first, um, and then I got an opportunity to to uh, do something in Miami, and it, and it was you know some my my then boyfriend's crazy ass story about <laughs> about like how he's gonna get me some record deal and how he knows these people and he could get me this free ticket to Miami. I'm like, this sounds like such lies, right? Like now. too good to be true. <laughs> But it was, and you know, it was um, one probably the biggest gift other than my son that he gave me, and um, you know, it, so I ended up on the radio, and it was very exciting, um, top forty radio for the very first time, and uh, and I kept going with that, and I just that was rap though, that was really funny because when I tell people that these days, they're like, what? It's so <laughs> amazing! Like, oh. I would love to hear that. <laughs> everybody just thinks of me as as the drummer girl because I've been drumming for so long now but um that was before and you know uh, that was reggae got my heart because of the drum and the bass mm -hmm. and because it was a place I could start spreading positive messages yes that was what really drew me to it, it was like wait a minute I remember that moment on stage when people were listening to me and I was just singing some pop songs right and they're nice and every they're good songs, but I was like, I have an opportunity here with reggae. I can actually like people literally are listening. They're not just dancing or whatever. They want to hear what you have to say and they want to be inspired. And so that's what I started to do, you know, and that was what led me to the drum in a way, because at York university, when I finally 
stepped into a room full of people like that look like me because I was in the Native Students Association and I still didn't know I was Indigenous because I was not told that. Um, and that led me to the drum. And the drum has um, has brought me really, really to finding my voice in so many more ways. Like, you know, I got on stage and started singing and that was the first step. But as soon as I started to drum, as soon as I, start, I um, started drumming with a woman named Zaina Bamadahi, who is, um, uh, she's an Afro-Indigenous, and she had a group um, that was dissolving because they couldn't, the people were going to school and whatever things were happening in their lives. So, you know, she was telling me she was sad she wasn't going to be able to drum anymore. I'm like, um. <laughs> I'm here. I'm like, I'll drum with you, you know? And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't know any of these songs. And so she taught me all like a lot of the community songs here. I started going to Anishinaabe health in Toronto that, um, where they had drumming circles for women every week and just learning the songs and, you know, and then songs started coming to me as well. And I at first thought like, who am I to do that? You know, is that like, am I allowed to do that? And then when we did our when we did our first actual album with Spirit Wind, me and Zainab, the first one, we um, she she's showing me her songs that she wrote, and I'm like, wait, we can do that. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm like, all right. So then, as soon as I realized that, of course, I dreamed one then the same night, mm. <laughs> and that started to happen, and you know. Um, ever since then, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was, it's clear to me, like the drum, the drum has helped me to find my voice. And so for women to find their voice, like what happened when me and Zainab started doing those circles, we started doing circles, um, about lots of things, cultural workshops, whatever. Um, and, and always it would be drumming, right? We were drumming and singing and sharing teachings and so that when that started to evolve and then uh, me and one of the other ladies that joined um, the first one that joined afterwards, I think was Michelle and uh, Michelle Purple, and she joined the circle, um, the Spirit Wind group. And we started doing uh, drumming circles at Native Canadian Centre in Toronto. And when we did that, I was starting to notice some things like one of the things I noticed that was really standing out to me was that it wasn't like like our, like our, on our social nights when we would just get together and, and do social songs and drum and laugh. And, you know, that was one thing and it was awesome and I loved it. And then there, this was a whole nother thing where we would come together and for some reason people were just getting something out of it that was different. It was, and they were, it was just different. And the way that I think we were automatically doing things was different. I don't even know what happened there, but we were helping with healing and we were helping with help, helping women find their voice. And, the most like exciting moment that I remember about that was when one of the women who would come every time she would come and she'd never miss, I don't even think she'd miss a single circle of ours, but she would never sing. And then one, one time she came and she sang the lead, which, you know, like you share the leads, right. All around the circle of people. Yeah. want. And it came to her and she just, belted it out in this glorious like big beautiful badass voice mm. it was so incredible everybody turned to her and was just like what We're like where did that come from right? right 
And then she just burst into tears immediately after. And I'm like, yeah, because you just released all of that stuff that was hanging out in in the throat center. And I didn't know all the things that I know now about that. But that was like the start of me kind of really digging deep. Like, what is that? I know that like that that's magic. And and I've seen that happen for many women. Um, And it's always the drum. It's the drum. Like I can sing those other songs. They're awesome. Right. I love singing reggae still, you know, as you know, I have a new single. Yes, definitely. Album's got a bunch bunch of reggae on it. But when it comes to the drum songs, those open us up. That drumming and that hand drum singing the way we do it, that opens things up. And it just allows for a release and it allows us to to feel more free. And so for women who haven't felt like they have a voice, like like me then you can come into the circles that I lead or you you know as within 10 minutes of being there that you're you're okay you're safe you can you can say you can sing you can speak your truth and it's just the way that I set up my circles now like the way that I do anything is you know it's there's too much eggshell walking we don't need that it's not about that it's about you being able to express your truth being able to be who you are you know, and, and share your gifts. And we can't do that if we're denying ourselves our voice. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. Thank you for that. And, you know, we were talking a little bit about this earlier and um, about how our voice is medicine and how, mm-hmm. you know, using our voices in any way that we can is, is so, so healing. And um, I think about myself when I first was starting, you know, getting back into my culture and, uh, you know, just a bit of background, like, uh, I was, I grew up in foster care and, um, but I've been reconnecting to my culture. And when I started drumming, it was sort of similar. Like I, I joined like, you know, the cultural group and I was like, you know, I was like, I can actually do this. And I was always terrified. I never want to take a lead ever, ever. Right. Cause then I'm like, <laughs> my voice is going to crack and everyone's looking at me. Uh, but I like, when you were saying that, I was like, it, took me right back to an experience that it was the same for me. Like the one time that I was like, you know what, what am I afraid of? Right. Yeah. My voice might crack. It's already done that. So I just gave her and everyone kind of did the thing. They looked over and they're like, Whoa. And I was like, oh, and I burst into tears. Cause yeah, it was such a real, like a release. Like it was like, yeah, it was almost like, it wasn't like I was a, like afraid, but it was just like, Holy man, like, look at that power that's within me. Right. And it's in with all, within all of us. So I think it's like so important that we like show other women that it's like, we have so much important messages within us and our voice is so important any way that we share it. And I mean, it doesn't have to be on a podcast or, you know, on stage or anything. It can be, you know, in your journal, it can be talking to your friend. It can be really anything, but it's like expressing yourself is so important and um, mm-hmm. it's so super important. Um, and so you have a couple communities that people can join as well that are on Facebook, right? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, th- yeah, thanks for mentioning them. I sometimes forget, <laughs> like through COVID. I mean, I so I have my Find Your Voice Mastermind for Women on there. And it's it's really a support group um, for, for you can share in there whatever you, you need to share. And just it's like a practice play, playground too, to be able to speak your truth and to be able to like sell your products if you're a business owner. Because I talk about the different ways you can find your voice and the sort of like five main ways that 
we need to use our voices um, as business owners, if if you are one. And uh, yeah, so that that but then I opened it up to just all women. It's not just for business women. Um, and then yeah, the through COVID, it was I saw the social distance powwow start, and yeah. I'm like, we need a social distance hand drumming group for women mm. that's what we need too so we need both right so we ha- I started that group and yeah I love it the women in there are, are amazing and the, there's just you know we can't have a drumming circle so we got to do something so we you know go in there and we can share our voices and share our songs and just share with each other yeah so beautiful and yeah and at the end of the show I'll you know put all the links and stuff so people can check that out and check out your website and you do have a new uh, single coming out and uh, you also had an album come out in 2019 called picking up the pieces Mm -hmm. so maybe let's talk a little bit about that because on on that album you're sharing some of your your hand drum songs but as well as some of your reggae infused songs so I'd love to hear more about that and how that process uh, came together yeah cool that's that's a great story to tell um I mean it's a painful one in some respects but a really beautiful powerful one in others because yeah it comes out of grief from losing my son um to gun violence so that's you know that's the hardest part of it um and I'll talk about that I guess now (laughs) like okay yeah. So uh, what would happen was I lost my son and Quinn in, in 2016 um, to gun violence. And so that, you know, shattered my life and, and I and myself and I just really didn't know what to do. Um, and I kind of I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even listen to music. There was no it was like joyless listening to music because I was in, just in shock for probably the first two and a half, three months. Um, but when I came out of that shock, it was music that brought me back. It's always the songs that bring me back. And, and when they, when they brought me back, I started to receive songs. One, one of them was, uh, was missing you, missing you memorial song. Like that came through when I was out, I think at the river for a full moon ceremony or something. Um, and you know, so all these songs started coming again for me and I love it when that happens. And I knew that there was going to be an album at some point. And so I just, you know, whenever they come, I just, I'll I'll write it down, I'll record it, whatever I can do in the moment and hold on to them until it's time. And then, so the murder trial was like 2018. It was supposed to be 2018, but we know with court, I know you've had this awful experience too. It's never what you think it will be. Um, and it's, you know, there's always surprises after surprises and, and that's what happens. So it ended up being, you know, I prepared myself as best I could for, for that year. I called 2018, the year of court and it was, Mm -hmm. but we didn't get started until my birthday. It started on my birthday towards the end of the year Mm -hmm. and then went into, you know, whatever it was. And we ended, we ended the, uh, um, the sentencing didn't happen until June, 2019. So it was just this awful long process. But the thing about me preparing for court was I was also preparing for an album because I knew that was part of it for me. It was like, it's time I have to do it. And I could feel that familiar feeling of spirit pushing me towards it. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, you have no choice that's happening. 
And at the same time, I knew it was going to help me get through that murder trial. I knew it was also going to help other people to get through losing someone in that way, or even just any kind of grief. And so I, on purpose, you know, I was writing down my teachings. I was journaling all the way through. I was letting the songs come through. And that's what my court journey was too. Like I, you know, <laughs> whatever days there wasn't court, I was in the studio or I was in my apartment working on songs with my looper. I was, you know, drumming. I was doing all of that for that whole time until we were done. And basically in, after the sentencing, we um, completed it just, I don't know, in August or something like that. And then we had the launch party in September and yeah, it was, it's, it's, um, it's full of love because we know that the grief, the medicine of grief is really also the medicine of love because that's where it, the grief comes from. So it's full of love. It's also full of, there are, there are some grief feelings. There's even a song on there called grieve, which is the most intense one on there. Um, and, and also the most healing probably for people who have definitely for people who have gone through losing someone to gun violence or to murder. Yeah. Um, if you have the album, listen to grieve and have your Kleenex ready and let yourself go there. Um, but it's, it's that powerful medicine. And then when I, with my albums, I never do that without the teachings and the stories of the songs. So I always have an ebook that goes with it. And, uh, and yeah, picking up the pieces, it's like the anthem for grief. And it ended up being the anthem for COVID, really. <laughs> yes. I don't know about you, Crystal, but when I when when COVID started, there was this point where, first of all, I actually probably had it. 99% certain about that. It was not diagnosed because they didn't even know it existed yet because that was December 31st. <laughs> <laughs> and so but you know like as soon as all of a sudden we were in this lockdown thing was happening I'm like oh this is real now um what is happening here but as soon as that happened I realized when I was seeing all the social media you know everybody freaking out and over buying toilet paper and all that stuff <laughs> I'm like now they're there everyone in the world right now is actually experiencing what I've been experiencing to a sort of micro level mm-hmm. right because there's the shock, there's the trauma, there's the grief of, and even if it's just like, you know, there's people in the world who are very privileged and they have lots of money, they have their beautiful home and all that, but it no, it doesn't matter who you are. This thing is touching us all. It's touching us all. And there's grief that happens, even if it's just the, the simple grief of what might've been of what was that we can no longer turn back to. And so, you know, when I realized that I was like, wow, I've kind of got this covered in a way, mm-hmm. even though it's completely unfamiliar still, I took that year to train myself. That's what I did. Right. I took my, that was my year of preparation and going to court and doing all this stuff there. And it, and it just prepared me in this weird way. So, um, yeah, I was, I'll do a live stream on that at some point. I was going to do that in January and I'm, nope, not, well, too many things going on, but, um, yeah, it's been intense, but, uh, because of that preparation of also what I've been doing is just sharing those teachings. Like I would do live streams, Facebook lives and whatever, just go out on my balcony cause I've been self-isolating, you know, and, and do a Facebook live and just talk about the medicine of grief and, and talk about like, 
how people can help themselves through this, because there are ways that we can definitely, you know, help ourselves through this. And now we're like, there's fatigue and everything happening. It's like, oh, like, yeah. And I, and I remember that. It's like, can this court, can this friggin' trial just be over, please? Mm-hmm. And it's still not over because now the guy is going for an appeal. So it's still not over. It never really was, you know, I could sort of bask in the, in the sense of it kind of being over, knowing that this was going to come up later. And I just got the phone call like about about a week ago Mm. about that. So it's like, you know, and that's what this pandemic is doing too. It's up and down all around. You never know what's happening. So you have to kind of live in that and, and be with it because that is what we have. And so now how can, where do we go from here? And you know, get comfortable with the I don't know, which is people hate that, but it's the most powerful place to be. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that space of you don't know, we don't know everything. We don't know what's happening next. We don't know when the vaccine rollout is going to whatever. And we don't know what is going on with anything. Like it's just. And happening. that's okay. Exactly. Right. And, and like reframing and going that, that is okay. Like I'm, I'm going to go, today I'm going to do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like just sort of do one thing at a time and, um, you know, and thank you for sharing that because I think there's a lot of people going through similar experiences. And I know myself with my brother's trial or sorry, the, the, the trial of his murder, um, it really uh, triggered my complex PTSD, of course. And, um, when, you know, the person was found not guilty, uh, I ended up going on a sick leave from work because I was just like, it was like the straw that broke my back. Right. And, um, you know, you shared earlier uh, about, um, many losses that you have, which I mean, many of us have as well. And, um, I've had a a lot of losses too. So, you know, I was kind of isolating before isolation started because I was doing that really heavy duty, you know, (laughs) inner yeah. work and and protecting myself and doing the spiritual work and and the, the dark nights of the soul and like really work working that hard hard work but like I was like I'm worth this hard work like it's it's important for me to do this so that I you know as I heal I can help future generations heal I can help other people and I feel like you know like that's the work that you're doing as well. And like helping people find their voices, I think is so important because like it's, it's medicine for us. So mm, I like, I just think it's so important. Like, is there um, anything else you want to share that we haven't touched on yet? I don't know. I would just say that I like, just to not to your point, like, yeah, we were born to express ourselves. You know, we are even like I'll, people tell me they can't sing and I'm like, yeah, you can. <laughs> usually what's going on is there's stuff up in the in the throat center that's blocking it because you've been hanging on to so much there's so much like the trauma lives there and it lives in our bodies but it's like that's the first point of where it's where it sort of hangs or that's the last point because it's once it escapes out once you actually speak your truth then the pain starts coming out Mm. which is which is often what people are afraid of even if they don't know it People would come to me, women with, with, you know, why do I have that lump in my throat? And, you know, and it was always right before they were going to sing. And that's why, because that lump is just stuff trying to just get out. It just wants to get out. And then once it starts, if we allow the tears and we allow the release and 
and we allow ourselves to express our who we are and just you know and have that expression whether it's your creativity with arts or painting or like construction or whatever you do but just being able to freely express yourself and to speak truth when you when you need to yeah and I, I think about truth and I, I know myself, I'm a truth seeker and I was kind of reflecting on like, like what is truth and who owns the truth and no one owns the truth and all of these kind of things and going, I don't need to think about it so much. I know my own truth, right? Like, and, and just going inward and saying like, I have, I have all this knowledge within me. And of course, you know, you know, our social programming and like growing up and the traumas we've had make us, you know, question that sometimes. So I think it's important to connect with people who, you know, are sort of healing themselves and like, you know, trying to, you know, do this, I'm not similar things, but trying to help each other. And, uh, you know, with my podcast, this is what I like to highlight people and their communities doing things. So do you have any advice for the listeners on maybe how to get connected in their communities or how, you know, how to promote like bringing people together? I mean, yeah, like the, it, it has to come from within. And when you feel those pulls, when you feel those calls from, from your own spirit, you know, when, when you feel that, like, I really need to say that right now. Like if it's when you can get to the point of just, just speaking up and saying, even in a conversation and just a casual conversation you're having with your family or your friends where you would normally just go, yeah, yeah, uh, fine, whatever. I'm not going to say anything say something. <laughs> Your voice matters. And a lot of times um, we, we just think, oh, no, nobody's going to care what I have to say. You know, I'm just going to sound like an idiot or whatever it is. And it's like, no, what if your opinion is exactly what everyone in that circle needs to hear right now? Because it probably is. And that's why it's coming to you. Mm. So, <laughs> so I, I know I can say that now. And it's like, you know, a lot of years under my belt of, of finding my voice. But we are we have an opportunity right now we the way that mother earth is coming up to support us right now in this we have that and we have each other and right now i've like i don't know in toronto here it's and not just it's not just toronto our lift circle like there are so many places where indigenous people are supporting each other and that's what we need to start to do it's not uh, not start to do but continue to do Mm -hmm. I feel like that's been going on all along. And then there's some other things that happen too that are not so pleasant. And we need to be able to just support each other and, you know, like find, find your friendship center or find out where the next virtual ceremony or whatever is happening is if, if you, you know, like, and there's even that, <laughs> that's, that's something probably like, because some people don't like the idea of doing virtual ceremony, but do your, you know, connect in whatever ways you can. And I don't have my home community. I don't even know who they are, but I have the Toronto community. I have the lift circle that we are both in now. Yeah. You know, I, there's places to go virtually, even if we're stuck inside or staying safe inside, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Even if we can't go anywhere or whatever, like there's there's ways. Like the, the one really beautiful thing I will say, the Native Canadian Center, every week, I forget what day it is right now, but they do, I think it's Thursdays maybe, but they, like Marie um, Gaudet and Jimmy Dick are on there um, because their whole family are, they're a family of drummers and they get on, the Native Center has them doing like Sundance songs that they are allowed to do 
um, outside of ceremony. And they're doing all of these beautiful drumming songs um, every week just for the community. You know, what skills or what talents can you share with your community? Beautiful. Just even your Facebook posts. I mean, I've had people like DM me on Twitter and email me back and say, you know, those words that you spoke to me or, or that I didn't even speak to them. It just felt like they were, I was speaking to them and, and because of it, they, they are still on the planet. Mm. It's our words matter. That's how powerful your voice is, even if it's a tweet. Yeah. Thank you for that. It's such a good reminder. And, you know, our voice does matter and it does, you know, impact others. So, you know, using our voice intentionally and, you know, speaking good things and speaking truth and even truth when it's painful, right? Because we know that, um, you know, the truth can hurt, but it also sets us free, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it breaks away the shame and all of the other stuff and empowers us. Thank you so much for being here. It's been so wonderful. So if the listeners want to connect with you, where can they find you? Uh, They can find my website at medicinesongwoman.com and on Facebook, it's Medicine Song Woman. On Twitter and Instagram, it's MSW Creations, as in Medicine Song Woman Creations. And uh, YouTube is Brenda McIntyre. And then I'm on all the platforms. You can find my music on all the platforms. Yeah. Wonderful. And so um, and before you go, can you talk a little bit about your new single that's coming out? Yes, I'm so excited about that. So the song, the, the new single is called Together We Can Stand Up. And it, it started coming through in July 2020. And, and then in August, we started working on it. I was like, oh, I'm getting like spirits telling me this has to come out like now. So we started working on it back in August. And uh, my producer, Errol Star Francis, he's also a Juno award winning uh, singer. And among other things and and uh and then also Nino Kasi who is an up and coming singer um afro indigenous two spirit singer and she's got this incredible voice and you know and we're blessed with uh the vocals of Colette Baron Reed too who is a Hay House author and uh um and used to be with EMI and yeah it, it we we all got together to do this like it was this is my first collaborative project so it was kind of scary and which is also why it took a little longer getting everybody together to do their their stuff and doing this virtually like nobody's going to the studio right now well some people did i think go to the studio for theirs or they had their own studio um i don't but i sort of do so <laughs> my producer's yeah. at work he's really good at doing that and, um, and, and it came to me like in, the, in a moment when I was just, you know, just real, I was hurting a lot from all of the, the hatred, the vitriol that's been out there. And just, you know, literally I went through a period where I was more afraid of going outside, not even to do with the gun violence, which is another thing, but be afraid of just being indigenous and being seen. Because of all of the, the the hatred that was out there, and still is, but it's like uh, that prompted me to to create this song. It's like together we can stand up, and it's not about together we can stand up and fight the power. It's not even really about that. It's about to, together we can stand up and help each other. We can support mm-hmm. each other. We can love each other. We can be there for each other, right? Because we are, like you said, under the same stars. I love, yes, that's so true. (laughs) And it's like we need that reminder once in a while to just go, 
you know what, like we can't have love and hate at the same time and, and remembering we are strong and that we can be strong helping each other up instead of putting each other down. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's time for that. It's time to just be coming together on in a good way. Mm, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much for being here. And uh, if you'd like to find Brenda, you can go to medicinesoldingwoman.com. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Miigwech. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Brenda McIntyre, Medicine Songwoman. And uh, if you'd like to follow her on social media, she's on Facebook and uh, on YouTube as well at Brenda McIntyre, Medicine Songwoman, and on Twitter and on Instagram at MSW Creations. And uh, like I mentioned before the episode started, I'm so excited because Brenda has given us permission to play her brand new single that came out on January 28th, and it's called Together We Can Stand Up, and uh, it's just really, really beautiful. So uh, please enjoy. Together we can stand up. Whoa.